and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. And welcome back to A Quarter Tree Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. This is a third episode of season eight. We are discussing tasting, and today we're going to discuss Advent and Christmas. Yes. I love this time of year. Me too. As you're listening to us, we're in the thick of Advent, even though you're past Advent and past Christmas. But yeah, so as we talked about ordering time and having a virtuous calendar, one that's going to point us to um, good things and to the, and, and promote the virtues of Christ and his kingdom and, and what he's done. The plea is that let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's bring the baby back. And part of that is ordering our calendar, ordering our time around Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's the primary motivator of our culture, not the Packer season, not school season, you know, not, uh, but, but Christ. So it all starts with Advent, and Advent is, in its current rendition, a preparation for Christmas. And so I thought it would be good for us to talk a little bit about, um, one is the the myths of pagan Christmas, mm -hmm. so that we can all be okay with putting up Christmas trees and, you know, celebrating Christmas. And then, um, and then also uh, have a brief history of Advent. And then, uh, and then talking uh, more about how to celebrate these things, what they mean, and 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 um, what Christmas is, and and such. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of the scope of this episode. Um, so let's let let me just start with Christmas. We celebrate um, the birth of Jesus on December twenty fifth every year, and um, it's been going on for quite some time. And of late. You may have noticed on social media or, or elsewhere, all sorts of people telling us that Christmas is really a pagan holiday. Have you noticed that? Yes. It's stupid. Yeah. Let me just start with that. It's, that's just dumb. However, you're thinking, well, how, how do we know? Like, what, what's the real truth here? Um, some people seem very sincere about that it's pagan and that Christians have just taken over pagan holidays and made them their own, which number one, I used to think that too. And I don't think that's a bad idea. We used to be, pagans. we used to be pagans. I, my German Swedish ancestors worshiped false gods. And until people like Boniface came and cut down Thor's Oak, um, we'd have, we'd have still been pagan maybe. Mm -hmm. 
And then after cutting down the oak of Thor, pointed to a pine tree, cut it down, and said, this is your new symbol. Put up your home and remember that Christ was born this day as it points to Jesus and reminds us of the tree of life that we have access to. Ta-da! That's not pagan. That's Christian. Yeah. Right? Pagans didn't worship dead trees. They worshiped living trees or worshiped at living groves. Mm -hmm. And the act of cutting down a tree was a very anti-pagan thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying, in the name of Christ, go cut down all the trees. What was that, the Lorax? No. Yeah, 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 never mind. It's a horrible movie. Anyway. (laughs) We are not celebrating, or I should say, we are not worshiping. No, no, not at all, not at all. So let's talk. So I just addressed the Christmas tree. Some people believe that Luther was the first to put up Christmas trees, um, Martin Luther. Um, but, But I think most of the stories will point back to the local custom of when Boniface cut down uh, Donner's Oak or the, the Thor's Oak and then pointed to the pine tree and said, that's your new symbol. Mm-hmm. And they cut it down and they put it up in their homes. And I think Luther then spread that tradition amongst the Germanic people. And then um, as Germans came to America, uh, they brought that with them. And it's just been part of our custom. So it was never... Cutting, having a pine tree decorated in your home has always and always been about the birth of Jesus. And it has never been ever about paganism. And that's just the historical fact of the matter. There's no, nothing else. But let's, let's talk to, to a bigger one, and that is December 25th. Okay. December 25th, um, at, at one point, I believe the calendar... Uh, the, the, that date um, coincided with the solstice, like the the um, uh, the, the the darkest day of the year, and then after that was light. Now it is true that pagans tended to have um, different ceremonies and different things they 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 did um, in the winter solstice and the summer solstice. Yeah. It just um, it just part of what they did. Um, the, so the question is, is, was Jesus born on December 25th or did the church celebrate his birthday then for a theological reason? In other words, Jesus coming into the world is bringing light into the darkness, mm-hmm. right? So, so to me, let's just, let's just ignore the history and just look at the theology. I think that's amazing. Why not? Why wouldn't we? Like it just it makes sense. So, so, um, it, of course we'd need to move his birthday to the twenty first now, but we haven't done that. We've kept it at the twenty fifth. Um, but still, that that light has come into the world, and the world continues to get lighter and lighter. And that's that's really good. It's very post millennial um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it keeps getting brighter because Jesus was born. Um, so, but one of the one of the the critiques I hear a lot is been that there was this celebration called Sol Invictus, which is the Invincible Sun, and the Nativity of Sol Invictus is celebrated on December twenty fifth. Well, that solstice back then, and then that the argument is is that um, the Christian Church looked at the celebration of Sol Invictus, the Nativity of Sol Invictus, and said, 
let's do the same, only we'll use Jesus instead of Sol Invictus. And so, so the people who look at that positively are saying, well, Christ is the true son of righteousness. You know, Constantine talked about that. He's the true son of righteousness, and um, uh, which is a scriptural reference. And that um, by taking over the 25th, they, they took with it some of the customs of Sol Invictus. So the celebration of Christ's birth on the 25th is, is really a, a pagan thing and that we probably shouldn't do it because of, I don't know, some things. There's, there's a couple of problems with that, Allison. Number one is um, it, it seems that um, the Christianity won out. Mm-hmm. Like no one's ever heard of Sol Invictus. Yeah. So even if some of the customs that happen, if, let's just suppose, grant the argument that some things that we do on Christmas is something that has been left over from Sol Invictus that we've just adapted to the worship of Jesus. So? Almost everything we do in our lives as Christians is adapted to worship of Jesus. Yes, it, it absolutely. So it it wouldn't matter. No one's... I mean, there's a prophecy in Isaiah, I think it's in chapter 48, that talks about that the, the, this time when people won't even remember the names of their gods. But, well, there's one. Did you know that Sol Invictus was a god? And everyone goes, no. Like, are you worshiping Sol Invictus? I've never even heard of him. Like, it, it just, it's, it's crazy. The, the, the Hebrew Israelites that I've had set lots of debates with, um, they, they'd say, you know, well, you guys worship Jesus on Sunday, the day of the sun. And I go, well, you worship him on Saturday, the day of Saturn. They go, no, we don't. It's on the Sabbath. I go, well, no, we worship him on the Lord's day. Like what? Like no one thinks of Saturday as Saturn's day. Like there's some God named Saturn that we worship on this day. It's just the name of the day. We've forgotten the name of the gods. Why? Because they're powerless. They don't. So here's the, here's the big thing. Ready? Uh, Hippolytus was a Christian author. He was born in 170 AD, died in 235 AD. And he is the first um, and earliest person to mention the Christian church um, celebrating the birthday of Jesus on December 25th. Okay. So keep this in mind. He, we have his writing about worth, um, Celebration of Christ's birth on December 25th. He died in 235 AD. Sol Invictus, that day of celebrating on December 25th, was not invented until 274 AD. So some 50 years, almost 50 years after he was, Hippolytus was dead, was there anything of a celebration of Sol Invictus on December 25th? In other words, there is more historical proof that the church was worshiping or, or um, celebrating Jesus's birth on December 25th, and that the pagans as, tried to take it over by by putting Sol Invictus, and it didn't work. Okay, so so there there is, ladies and gentlemen. I think we could be fairly confident that the practice oh, oh uh, there's all sorts of other stuff I, I mentioned Christmas trees never a pagan thing um, Yule logs um, there, there seems to have been some sort of pagan practice because there was a god named Yule 
um, of having Yule logs and that I think at some point there was child sacrifices on these logs. At least that's the claim. The reality is no one ever knows that has even thinks of Yule as being a, a god. It's, it's the time of year that Christmas is celebrated. And so they say good Yule because it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's the birth of Jesus. And Yule logs are now burnt in a fire to provide warmth for people in their homes. In other words, um, when the pagans were there, they did child sacrifices on them. Now we burn them in our fireplace because Jesus is born. I think that's a great tradition we ought to keep. Mm-hmm. I don't have a fireplace. I've never had a Yule log, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mistletoe. Um, people thought mistletoe was a pagan thing because there's in a in some ancient Druid manuscript, it talks about using mistletoe for medication. The only place we've ever heard of mistletoe being used as something to kiss under is in Christian practices of the of the season. Mm-hmm. In other words, someone made it up somewhere because they thought it was fun and it became a tradition. Much like Easter eggs, right? I don't know if you know this, but at some point in Westphalia area of Germany, modern Germany, um, parents thought it would be fun to hide Easter eggs and for their kids to go find them because it was something fun for kids. Mm-hmm. And now get this, their kids wondering how wild Easter eggs were out there hidden or how that happened. Some parent told them it was the Easter hare, an Easter bunny. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got it. Why? It was something fun to do with the kids. No, nothing pagan, nothing, nothing Christian either. It was just simply silly fun, mm-hmm. and, which I think is mistletoe. Like, you know, yeah. kids were like, you know, how do I, how do I get this girl to kiss me? I'll make up this tradition. <laughs> I, that's 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 what, our house. <laughs> yeah, and uh, anyway, so so there there's there's those things. So is it proper for Christians to celebrate the birth of Jesus on December twenty fifth? And I think the answer is yes. Do you have to? No, mm-hmm. unless it happens to fall on a Sunday, then yeah, you're obligated to go to church and worship anyway. But it's 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 not. There's no one in Protestantism that says thou shalt celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. But it is the tradition of the church since at least 200 AD, probably earlier, mm-hmm. to celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's good and it's right to, to, to do it. Um, what, what is not good is if the celebration of Christmas on the 25th supersedes the ordinary worship on Sunday. So like a few years ago when Christmas was on Sunday, we heard of some of the, a couple of big churches around here said that Christmas was a family day and they canceled services Sunday so that people could worship with their families. And I think they were thinking really of the staff. They wanted not to work on Sunday or something on Christmas. I go, but it's Sunday. Sunday is more important than Christmas, so that's just 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 dumb. But is it okay? Is it proper for the church to celebrate and recognize Christmas? Yes, and even if the church decided not to do it, it would still be okay for Christians to do it. So to celebrate Christmas. So let's let's talk a little bit about how this this works. Originally, 
Originally, though the birth of Jesus was celebrated on the 25th, the bigger celebration was January 6th. January 6th is called the Epiphany, the Epiphany of our Lord. And there were three things that were celebrated on Epiphany early on in the church. On Epiphany, you celebrate the coming of the Magi, because Epiphany has this idea of the manifestation of, of Christ as God, right? This is, this, it, and so on, on Epiphany, when the Magi came, and it, this is the manifestation of Christ as God to the Gentiles. A huge, huge thing. Yes, and so because the church has become over time way more Gentile than Jewish, this was a huge deal. So, um, so January sixth was the bigger holy day. Um, also, on that day, they celebrated the baptism of Jesus, because on the baptism of Jesus is when the dove said, "This is my son." It, right in in whom I'm well uh, in whom I'm well pleased. So the manifestation of Jesus as God's Son happened then, and then also the wedding uh, at Cana, um, in where uh, Jesus turns the water to the wine, and so His glory was shown to His disciples, and they put their faith in Him. So those three events were kind of a January sixth thing, and that became a place because of the baptism of Jesus. Uh, a second place where a lot of baptism happens. A lot of baptisms happen at Easter Sunday. A lot of baptisms happen at Epiphany. So just like Easter, they had a, a time of preparation before baptism, which became Lent. There was a time of preparation before Epiphany, oh, and that was and that was Advent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so I know. So so what happened is is that. Um, over time, by the time we got to the Middle Ages, um, Advent became a preparation for Christmas, and Christmas became the primary day, and and there are 12 days of Christmas. Mm -hmm. So it goes from Christmas right to the day before Epiphany, and then Epiphany is another holy day. Okay. So 12 days of Christmas and then Epiphany. And it's, it's just a, a wonderful time of year to, to celebrate. Yeah. 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 Well, there's, it's it, in, uh, think of it, this was very Northern centric. So like, this is a very dark time of the year, yeah. a very cold time of the year. We know about that. There's not, yeah, there's not a lot going on. It makes us happy to be yeah. with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the winter in Wisconsin without Christmas. Yeah. It would be like Narnia. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always winter without Christmas. Yeah. So so Advent became the preparation for celebrating the the Christmas. Mm -hmm. Christmas was 12 days. And within those 12 days, there are certain things that also were celebrated. Mm -hmm. So not long after Christmas, you have uh, the celebration of the Martyr of the Innocents. So, in according to church history, um, you know, was, Herod goes off and has all the kids two years and uh, younger killed in Bethlehem, yeah. and that that surrounding this this, um, and so the church has commemorated. These are the first martyrs for the sake of Christ, right? Mm. They they, mm. they were 
they died because of Jesus. Um, and Herod was the, the, the one to do it. So there's this interesting thing is that, that right after this celebration of, of the birth of Jesus, there's also this acknowledgement of the death of the innocents and also the, the martyrdom of uh, Stephen. So Stephen is the first Christian martyr um, who is preaching and he doesn't recant and they all stone him and, and he dies. So it's interesting is, is that um, what we tend to, what, what the American Christmas has been reduced to has been a sentimentality of a time of year. Yeah. Right. And it's the birth of this baby and yeah, this is, it's an awesome thing. It's the incarnation, right? Um, and, and often the themes we hear around Christmas tend to be more about motherhood and about family and about um, tradition and um, the cute, cuddly thing and the crying or, I don't know. There's, there's just things and very sentimental. But, the, the, but in the history of the church, it, it's um, Christmas is about the coming of a king. If, if you recall from previous episodes when we talked about gospel, the original term gospel, when, when someone who lived during Jesus' time heard the word gospel, they understood that a, a gospel is the announcement of a king either being born, a king having victory, or a king coming, and the benefits that came with it. So if there's the announcement of the heir to the throne has been born, there's an announcement, a gospel that goes out with some sort of benefit. Oh, my heir is born. You're, you don't have to pay taxes for the next month, right? There's a, there's a benefit. So, so the gospel begins with the birth of the king. The Messiah has finally come and there's the announcement, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, right? There's going to be, the, the earth and, and the people lost in sin have been under the wrath of God and the king has now come to claim its own. And the intent behind that is that there's going to be peace between God and mankind. And it's all coming through this child. Mm-hmm. And, the, the, um, and because this king is broken to the world as, and born as flesh and blood, um, there are enemies that are out to get him and, um, that enemy is going to kill. Right. So there's, there's this, this sense of Christmas as a great joy because the savior has been born and that there's peace on earth, goodwill toward men because of it. And the, but the consequence of it and the growing of the kingdom is going to result in the death of people. People are going to be martyred. So there's a, there's a, there's both a, a joy and a seriousness about Christmas, mm-hmm. but it's soberness. yeah, a soberness, but it's also this longing for the King. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's, let's show what Advent does. So his, so Advent, a lot of Protestant evangelical churches don't know what to do with Advent. Mm-hmm. Um, we mistakenly often call it Christmas time and they just, they, they just use some of the traditions of Advent, to elongate Christmas as it somehow that goes between Thanksgiving and December 25th, mm-hmm. which is wrong. Right? There's four, four Sundays in Advent 
And those four weeks of Advent are preparate days of preparation for the coming of Jesus. So historically, they, the church would talk about three comings of Jesus, right? The first coming is Christmas. The, the second coming is when he comes again. The other time where they talk about the coming of Jesus is how he continues to come to us now through his word and through his sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so the first Sunday of Advent um, is has been called um, hope. Like the, that's like the theme, mm-hmm. but it's, it's always about has always been about the second coming of Jesus. Like Jesus is going to come and he's going to um, fulfill all his promises. He's going to come and uh, judge the world mm-hmm. and and make it new. And so, so the idea of the first Sunday in Advent preparing us for the whole thing is all about the, the return of the king, which is why reading the Lord of the Rings is a great thing to do in Advent. <laughs> but it's, a, it's preparing us for the coming of the king. The second Sunday in Advent is the, is the peace, you know, often they call it the peace um, uh, candle. And it is often talking about um, how Jesus comes to us now. He continues to come to us in his word and sacrament. He's, he hasn't left us. He's never, he's, he's with us um, uh, via his spirit. Um, the third is the joy candle. That's the pink one. If you, if you guys ever see that. And, and that has to do with um, is looking towards Jesus as the fulfillment of it all. And so you start to talk about the first coming of Jesus. And then of course the, the last one, the loved one is the, is, really about the the events right before his being born. So that that's kind of the idea. But the the overall theme s- still understands that the person being born is the Christ, the king. And that theme of kingship and the coming for a king and longing for the king is a is a big part of advent and it is a big part of that of that Christmas celebration. That baby in there is God's son and he's our king. And that is going to change everything. And it's going to cost people their lives. Mm-hmm. But it's good. You know, it's just, it's, it's good. So I, so what am I trying to get at here? <laughs> I, I think one is, um, it's easy for us to, to think um, that the, the marketing calendar of corporations is the calendar we ought to follow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they start, when do they start putting out Christmas stuff? Before Halloween. So in October. Yeah. In October, they're starting to put out Christmas things. Yeah. But surely before Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, they have the Thanksgiving stuff out there, but they're hitting Christmas hard, trying for Black Friday or whatever it is. And, and then just this everything, everything, everything. And then when you go to church and then you're constantly told that it's Christmas time, then you think that we're in Christmas right now. Yeah. And, and Alice and I were having a conversation earlier about how often we get guilty or people try to make us feel guilty for preparing for Christmas mm-hmm. as if like 24 seven during this time, we should be focusing on Jesus, whatever that means. Right. Without the understanding, like, no, this is Advent and we're preparing for Christmas. 
it's a time of preparation. So my time in Advent is going to be busy. I'm going to be trying to get everything set for the feast at Christmas that lasts for 12 days. But if we follow the marketing calendar or the school calendar or whatever calendar you might, that's not the liturgical one, is we somehow think that we're missing Christmas right now. Like during the middle of Advent, we're missing Christmas because we're busy doing these things. No, we're preparing for Christmas. Christmas starts starts on the evening of the 24th. Right. And that it's spiritual to be doing things like baking cookies and yeah, doing fun Christmas activities with your kids. Yeah. Those are all because of Jesus. So yeah. they're also important and good. Going to a Christmas party, uh, wanting good gifts for your children and for your relatives, trying to make things good is, is all, those are all good things and they ought to be sanctified rather than to- being told that you should be guilty for it. Right. So prepare for, in all, you know, pre- rest on Sunday, <laughs> prepare for Christmas during the rest of the week. And, you know, and it's, and it's good. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I think, I think too, there's, we, I love Christmas songs, but if we start doing all our Christmas song singing at Thanksgiving, I'm guilty of this round. I know I am too. <laughs> I, I, I have like on my Spotify, I have an Advent playlist and I have a Christmas and I have a Christmas playlist and I do play my Christmas playlist from time to time because I love it. Before, before Advent is done. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know, but I try, I try to, to be on Advent, um, more Advent songs. And, um, and there's other things that I, I think we mentioned this in our previous things is to think through how, because we have the power. We don't have to follow the, the, the marketing calendar of corporations. We don't have to follow um, the school calendar. We can follow a liturgical calendar. We can look at how do we want to order our lives. It just takes a little bit of effort and work and thought, right? So I, I think I've shared this before in the season. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. My wife and I thought, well, for Christmas, we want to celebrate Christmas. What do we do with Santa Claus? Because mm-hmm. the world looks at Santa Claus. Well, Santa Claus is a St. Nicholas deal. And we live in Green Bay, a port city. So, so St. Nicholas Day is a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. And we thought, let's do that. Nicholas was a real guy, right? He was a bishop of, of uh, Myra in uh, modern-day Turkey. Um, and he did really good things. He worked hard to get child labor laws passed so that kids under the age of 10 didn't have to work. He used his own money to, to make toys and to make cookies. And he handed them out to kids wherever he went because he loved kids. He's the one that gave his own gold. So this, this guy who lost his fortune, his oldest daughter was planning on prostituting herself. So her daughter, her sisters could get married. Mm -hmm. And uh, he gave, he threw gold through the window. The most of the world says it went into the stockings hanging by the fire. The the Dutch say that they went into the shoes. Uh, you know. So, but that 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 whole practice is the reminder of what Nicholas did. And he did it three he had three daughters, so he did it to all three daughters. And then uh, he got caught on the third daughter. So everyone everyone suspected it was Nicholas anyway. Um he's also the guy that was very interested in the theology and at the Nicene Council he um, when Arius the uh, heretic was singing a song that was heretical and wouldn't shut up so they couldn't do their work, 
he strode across the floor and popped him in the mouth. Like he struck, he hit him and I uh, love it. Um, so there, I, I saw a little uh, meme. It was him hitting Arius and it says, uh, Merry Fistmas. And I, I love that. Anyway, uh, Nicholas is a great guy. So we, so his, his, uh, his day is uh, December 6th. And so we, we celebrate St. Nicholas day. We bring out our Chris, our Nicholas bangs and, we do our stockings and, you know, there's some presents and then boom. And now the kids have celebrated St. Nicholas Day. And and now they know if anyone says something about Santa Claus, they said, oh, we celebrated Nicholas Day on the 6th. And they go, and everyone looks at them funny. And it's like, but now they they have a grasp on Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and that, that way there's no Santa Claus for Christmas. It's That's Nicholas and and that was his day. And, and then, um, I'm half Swedish, and so one of the Swedish things is uh, Lucia. So Saint Lucy, Lucy was a a, a rich young woman, a, a nobility, who um, converted to Christianity in a time um, where the church was being persecuted, and she was betrothed to a pagan, and she refused to marry him because he was a pagan, and then took her dowry and used it to feed the persecuted Christians. So she would, um, she would, uh, legend has it that she would actually strap torches to her head and ha- carry large trays of food in her hands and go into the catacombs to feed the Christians who were hiding out in the catacombs. And so the, the, the Swedish tradition is on her day is that the oldest daughter in the house would, would wear a white gown with a red sash and they'd put candles in her hair. And they would feed the parents breakfast in bed on on her day, on Lucia Day, which is uh, Santa Lucia is on the 13th of December. And the Swedish tradition was is that you you did all your Christmas preparation before the 13th, mm-hmm. so that you had this time of rest on her day, on Lucy's day, um, remembering the things that she did, and then from the from that day forward, you were less busy. Because the preparations were already yeah. already made, and so my wife and I, we we did that sort of more or less from some years better than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, December sixth, we still hold the thirteenth. We we Lucia Day, we we don't as much because um, we don't go to a church that's Swedish anymore. <laughs> so there's so not many people have ever heard of Santa Lucia, but. Uh, but it's a good, we typically will have Swedish pancakes and have our neighbors over and do something on the 13th as well because mm-hmm. it's it's a great thing to do to remember Lucy and what she did did and the reason the Swedes like it so much is um they were having a famine and uh, the bishop um, in one of the port towns there had a dream of a ship coming to port that had was filled with food and it saved the town and in her, in her dream there's a woman in a white gown and a red sash with candles in her hair. And he recognized that as Lucy mm-hmm. and he told the dream to everyone and they all went to the port and sure enough, a ship arrived <gasps> and uh, saved the town. And so all throughout Sweden, they remember mm-hmm. uh, Lucy and she's, she, she's one of their main saints, I guess, or people, but she was a real life woman. And, and, um, the, the jilted lover, um, uh, turned her in and uh, she would not renounce her faith. 
they even plucked her eyes out. So sometimes you'll see pictures of Lucy. She's this blind saint with holding her eyes. It's weird. Mm. Um, but they plucked her eyes out and then they burnt her to this, um, to death. Um, but she re- remained faithful um, to Christ and her, and her, and the church. So anyhow, that's, that's the kind of the advent the time of preparation, Christmas, 12 days. Christmas is a season. Isn't just about cute babies and farm animals, right? It's the King has been born. Um, and within that season, you have like the martyr of the innocence and then martyr of Stephen. Um, and just that reminder of what that will cost us. Mm-hmm. And yet we celebrate those things and we commemorate them and we feast and it's, and it's okay. Just give you a little hint on my life. Um, I, I sometimes struggle with my weight cause I like to eat. I'm really good at it. Um, at some point in my life, I just decided, um, I'm not going to care about how, what I look like. (laughs) Um, in other words, I'm not going to say no to a feast. Mm -hmm. So if I'm invited over and good food and cookies and baked goods and all sorts of stuff are presented to me. I'm not going to be going, I'm not the, the, the thing that's governing my decision is not how I look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. What's going to govern my decision is, am I celebrating Christ or not? Mm -hmm. And if it looks good and I want, and it's presented to me, I'm going to eat it to the glory of Christ and not worry about it. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'll worry about it when Christmas is over, like, why would I, why would I, uh, Okay, here we go. We, it's good to be healthy and it's good and we want to look good. I get it. And to take care of our bodies. And to take care of our bodies. Yes, yes. But if, if your desire, if, if, if that's preventing you from actually enjoying the good things, the good things, yeah, Yeah. then something's wrong. Yeah. 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 Why, why not? Just go, you know what? I'm probably going to gain a few pounds here over the holidays, and that's okay. That's a privilege, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and just and just not care. And just enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy yourself, right? Oh, I'm going to feel full. I'm going to want to go take. Well, then go take a nap. It's what a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, hallelujah. Like, with, you know, just enjoy it. And then worry about um, fasting or le- losing weight at a later. And, and so I, I would say as soon as I realized I'm not going to, I'm not going to not enjoy myself at Thanksgiving. I'm not going to not enjoy myself at Christmas. I'm going to enjoy it all and not worry about it. Boy, it was relieving. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just going to expect I'm going to gain weight and be okay with it. Yeah. And then start the process of losing it after so that's another hot tip. So yeah. buy your elastic waistbands. <laughs> no, I, you know, if you're eating like it's Christmas 24 seven, you know, 365 days, there's something wrong there. 
I'm not, I'm not saying. Yeah, but then it's not feasting. Like feasting is a time set apart. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so, and then there are times for fasting. Yes. There's times for that. Yeah. And there's ordinary time to do ordinary things like go to the gym and lift weights and diet and whatever. Um, you know, I, I, father, uh, or Robert Capon, mm-hmm. um, wrote offering of uncles, lamb, sup, lamb, the supper of the lamb. Yeah. Um, he says this, he says this great thing he, back in 1967 when he wrote on offering of uncles, he says, um, he couldn't believe all the dieting fads. He goes, we don't diet. We're Christians. We fast to prepare for the feast. Yeah. And that's, that's the life of a Christian, you know, prepare. If I, if I know that Thanksgiving and Christmas are all and Advent, Christmas is all coming up and I, I, I might think, well, what if I try to lose a few extra pounds beforehand mm. and then gain it all back during those seasons yeah. as I'm celebrating, you know, that's preparation for the feast, mm-hmm. which is perfectly fine. And then move on and, you know, anyway, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that sounds very pagan actually, <laughs> Allison, but yeah, the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> anyway, ho, ho, ho. Um, anyway, uh, next episode, we're going to talk about Epiphany yeah. and the season of Epiphany. Um, and um, there's some fun, I, I think it's, it's fun things. There's each, each Sunday have, has some themes to it. And the first Sunday in, of Epiphany and the last Sunday of Epiphany, um, are great uh, markers, and we'll talk about why and how uh, part of uh, Martin Luther's reforms was to change one of the Sundays of Epiphany and, and why that just makes such great sense. And yeah, there's great stuff in Epiphany. So, um, which is also one of my, um, one of my, I like that time also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we'll talk about that next time. Mm-hmm.